0: see that warm glow love that feeling all the time when i first got saved i was feeling it a lot whoo i thought Whoo, man this is good stuff the world can't touch it but as you start growing in the lord it's like you know lord he don't leave you kind of but he backs up a little bit you know pulls his presence back teaches you how to walk by faith because some point you got to learn you got to walk by faith whether whether you have the feeling or not but i tell you i love the feeling. I love the presence of God. I don't ever want to lose it. You don't want to lose the presence of God. You lose the presence of God, you're going to head down a path of destruction. This is what keeps us. The power of God keeps us, praise God. And it, you can feel it. I feel it right now. I can feel it on my, my from the top of my head. I can feel it run down my body. God's presence is real. You know who else is real? Satan. And his power is real too. But you see, we know the difference. The evil one can't touch the power of God. He can't touch the presence of God. Everything he's got is an imitation, and it's there to lead you away. But the Lord, praise God, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice, and they won't follow another one. Amen. Once you learn that voice, you don't have to listen to another one. Amen. We're going to take up the offer tonight. Good to see all of y'all tonight. Amen. Uh, Made up for last Wednesday night. We had a few last Wednesday night, but we got double this week. It looks like a little more. So good to see y'all. Everybody watching through the internet, Adam preached a good message Sunday night too. It was good. Always gives us some good history stuff, don't he? And uh, it's good to have have a mixture of that in the church, you know. Everybody can't run, jump, scream, and shout and spit. Yet these others, they got their own. I mean, hey, I, I, I just myself, and well, that's what God wants us to be. Yours. He wants you to be yourself. He ain't trying to make you like anybody else, and I don't expect anybody to try to be like me. Me trying to be like them. That's how. That's why we're all unique. We're different, and God uses us. And you know, if we all were just alike, <laughs> we'd be in trouble. <laughs> But thank God we're different, we're unique. But praise the Lord, we preach the same gospel, amen. We got a hold of Jesus Christ, and that's the only thing that matters. As long as you get that point across, that's all that matters, amen. <clears throat> Excuse my voice tonight. I've been sniffling for days with this sign of stuff. Don't even talk to my wife because she can't talk. If she, you try to talk to her, she'll go, ah, ah, ah. She can't even talk. She lost her voice. <laughs> I hope I ain't behind her. <laughs> It seemed like lately at my house, when somebody gets something, somebody else got it. But I, I got to have my voice at least to get through Sunday. Because we won't be here Sunday night, but I'll get a little bit of a rest. But praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to make it. Amen. Amen. We're going to make it. We're going to take up the offering to ask those of you watching to help us, if you will. Annika Kate 's going to come. She's going to sing a few choruses for us as we get started tonight. Michaela's still at work. I was glad y'all came. I caught her. Come here, I need you. So we're going to ask you to come. You can come on up if you want to now, honey. And we're going to get ready to pray. We want you to give and let the Lord bless you tonight. And those of you watching online, we pray that God will bless you for your help. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to help us tonight. We ask you to bless us. We ask you to speak to us tonight. We ask you to touch us. Lord, we ask you to use us. Lord, we ask you to have your way tonight, God. We ask you to move through the Internet that you would touch people tonight that are watching, those that are here, that you would bless us, that you would touch our hearts, that you would change us, Lord, that you would do great and mighty things in us, Lord. That we And, Lord, we know that good things are coming. As Lucas said, Lord, I could feel, Lord, that you are about to do some great things, God. And that's why we face these battles at times. But, Lord, you are in control And, Lord, you have the devil on a leash, and we know it, God. We ask you to have your way tonight. Touch us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. And from the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good with every of the goodness of God. And I love your voice as you have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend and i have lived in the goodness of god in all my life you have been faithful in all my life you have been so so good with every breath that i am able oh i will sing It's running after me. In all my life you have been faithful. Oh, in all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Oh, from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And you are worthy of it all. the glory. You were worthy of it all. You were worthy of it all. And from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory.
0: Amen. That girl's instant in season and out of season. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Good to have these young people here help, helping too in the ministry. And doing what the Lord's calling them to do. Watching that little girl sing from the time she was little. It's a blessing. God's got big things planned for some of these young people around here. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Tonight we'll go back to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Wipe my glasses; and they're fogged. Colossians chapter two. I can still about read the small text if I squint my eyes a whole lot, but it's a lot easier with glasses. <laughs> Colossians chapter two. Verse fifteen. So we will start reading. The Apostle Paul writing says this: "And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ." Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases, with the increase of God. Let me read another verse or two. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, wise though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to bless the word tonight. We ask you to anoint it to open it up to us, Lord, to make it alive, to make it real, to let it speak to our heart tonight, Lord, that you would work in us, that you would reveal things to us, Lord, that we don't yet know. Lord, we just ask you, God, to continue to have your way in our church, to have your way in our life, in the people here today, tonight, those that attend regularly, Lord, you know who they are, those that couldn't be here tonight. We pray that you touch them wherever they are, that you... Speak to them. If they're watching online, we pray, God, that you would touch them as though they're sitting right here in this sanctuary, Lord, that they would be fed, they would grow, they would learn, they would be blessed by your word as your anointing makes it real to them. Lord, we thank you tonight for the blood of Jesus that washes away every sin that cleanses from every stain, and that there is no condemnation whatsoever to those of us who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Lord, we thank you tonight that we have a way through the testing. We have a way through our problems. We have a way through our sins, and his name is Jesus Christ. We thank you tonight. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I made mention of it, I think Sunday and then yesterday I made a little video. I put it on the internet. I felt like the Lord wanted me to. to, I said something, you know, about the Lord recently taking me back and beginning to impress upon me more and more to minister, preach the message of the cross more, explain things about it as best as I can and use, you know, refer to the Apostle Paul as an example of the man who gave the understanding of this new covenant you know sunday i I said something about you know he wrote at least half the new testament we know that i think he wrote hebrews but i'm not going to fight anybody over if you don't believe it but even if he didn't it don't matter he still wrote half the new testament and when when you put when you read matthew mark luke and john you see jesus you're going to see jesus and then you get in the book of Acts, you're going to see the power of God moving as the Holy Spirit moves. And then Romans, you get into the theology of the church. You see the gospel. And then you get into First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. And there are all those books that he wrote, there's no way you can read his writings and come away with any other understanding than it's all about Jesus Christ. You can't. I mean, he absolutely, he, he doesn't lift, he doesn't, preach about angels he doesn't preach about programs he doesn't talk about you know the traditions of men and 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 all the denominations i mean, he solely completely lifts up jesus christ and that was his message to everybody so should that not be our message today should that not be the message of pastors today of preachers of pastors of churches shouldn't that be our message People, you know, people say, "Well, why you just always talk about that? Why you all you want to talk about is salvation?" My wife says somebody made a comment to her recently. All you seem to want to preach about is salvation. Talk about, you know, uh, people being free from sin or whatever. And I'm thinking, you dodo. What do you mean? Don't you know what your problem is? Don't you know that you need to be changed yourself? Don't you know that if you don't understand. That Jesus not only died to just say... Look, when you being saved is the greatest thing in the world. And how in the world can it get old talking about getting saved? How can it get old talking about being delivered from sin? How can it get old unless you're just religious? Then it bores you. But it ain't boring to us because we know what he's done for us. We know what he's done in us. And we know that it keeps us on the straight and narrow path. But our problem in the church today is false doctrine. Our problem is people, preachers, ministers, are all over the internet. All God knows there's a million of them over to Facebook that make videos. They say they preach this, say they preach that, and half or most of them, they, there's no anointing there. There's nothing to even listen to. But the, you got the ones that are you know that have big ministries that preach things that that are that some that are somewhat right, but there's the leaven that is mixed in with it that doesn 't bring the people to the understanding of who Jesus really is and what he came to do to free us from the powers of darkness. You won't find people preaching this over television very much at all. You won't hear preachers talking about this. You turn on, they're talking about money, they're talking about a program, they're talking about uh, what they're doing, their groups, they're talking about this or that and everything under the sun, but they're not preaching the gospel. We got evil all around us. We got evil is permeating this world. Evil is permeating America. Evil is permeating your schools. Evil is permeating the culture. And you mean to tell me that we 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 should just tell everybody how great they are and how God's going to bless everything? Let me tell you, God will bless you when you get saved. When you get saved, God, the greatest blessing you can ever experience is to have your sins washed in the blood, your name written down in heaven, and walk out of your prison doors freed by the power of God. That's the greatest blessing you can ever experience. But yet, preachers don't want to talk about it. Some do, but most don't. And the Lord has impressed upon me even more lately. Get back more to this. Get back more to this. This deliverance, this salvation, this sanctification process. Because there's so many people out there that are they're hearing lies. And God no, I don't want to be one of the ones that's, preaching a lie. I don't want to be one of the ones that if somebody's sitting there watching through a camera, through a computer that's bound by sin and I just skate around issues and I just talk about how great we are and I don't preach something that can put them under conviction of their sin. Their blood is going to be on my hands. I don't want blood on my hands. That's why I don't fear what people think about me. Lord you give me the power. You give me the bonus. I ain't got but one thing to tell you. Jesus christ is a son of god he died on the cross not just to give you what you want to make you free from sin you to know, some of you don't need another dollar because that's what's killing you you're greedy as you can be you need to be set free by the power of god so that you can lose it chasing a dollar chasing this chasing that but you turn on most christian stations how oh, you're so great you got a champion in you. Talking about everything under the sun. Imagine, though, if more preachers would preach what Paul preached, how many more people we may come to know the Lord. And it ain't my job to make you come to the Lord. It's my job to give you the gospel. It's your decision. But I don't want to pass up the opportunity to give you the offer. And I believe that, that we, the Lord's been putting on my heart to bear down on this more in these last days because time is running out. False doctrine is rampant. I mean, it's all in the church. Christians believe they, the stuff that people believe. You don't believe that? Just listen to friends and friends sometimes. And some of the stuff people call in and ask. I'm thinking, what in the world are people thinking? What are you watching? What are you listening to? I mean, I've heard even heard Donnie say what he said. I don't understand where some of the questions come from from the people. The reason is they're not in churches where the truth is being preached. They're not where the foundation is right. See, because when the foundation's off, your beliefs are just all over the place. So we got to understand what Paul preached and because it's going to keep us on the straight and narrow. He, when he wrote this letter, as I've already told you the history of it, information, don't have to go back there every week because you, you should know it by now. The reason he wrote this was because there were issues in this church, in this young church, I believe, that Epaphras, this young man, started who may have been a convert of Paul somewhere around Ephesus. He started this church and at this time, Paul is not out preaching in the synagogues. He's not out with, in, you know, with, in freedom and just going from town to town if doing evangelistic work. No, he's got chains around him. He's locked up. He's in Rome. He is imprisoned. Just for, for, for what reason? For the sole purpose of getting saved <laughs> and preaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he can save you, he can deliver you, he can set you free. And you would think that everybody, after seeing this man's life turn around, they would say, wow, we need to get what he got. But on the contrary, they didn't. Everybody's not going to accept your testimony. Everybody's not going to jump on your Christianity bandwagon. Everybody's not going to be happy when you you look them. I've seen it down through the years. When I was in the air conditioning business, when the Lord started my business, I would go from different home to different home, working on people's units, and I would I was so on fire for the Lord. I was a Lord, just give me a chance to witness to somebody. And there would be times I can remember. There would be times that. The Lord would open the door, and I was I was standing, you know, being at home with some the, the the person, the customer, working or whatever, and we'd get to talking, and all of a sudden they just out of their mouth would come some question or something personally to me about religion or something, and or, or you know salvation, and I you know, and here I'd go and I'd just stop what I was doing, and I'd start telling them my testimony. I would begin from the beginning as much as I could and tell them. Exactly what the Lord had done for me and my wife. Sometimes they'd ask me, What brought you to East Tennessee? And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. When you open the door, Oh, I'm glad you asked. And I would see people, there, there are people at times I'll see tears run down people's faces. They wouldn't hit their knees and get saved, but I I see tears. You know, you could, then you can feel from others, you can feel that little bit of, you know, well, that's good for you. So you get different reactions from people. And then though, there will be some, some, after they watch a little while, God deals with them, and they see this is real. Some, they will come to know the Lord. And it don't matter to me if they come through my testimony or not, as long as they come. So everybody's not going to jump on your bandwagon. Paul didn't have a bunch of friends. He had a few in ministry. He had some faithful men he could depend on. In the end, he said, all men forsook me. And I pray, God, that it not be laid to their charge. He said, but the Lord stood with me, and he strengthened me, and he delivered me out of the mouth of the lion. He said, he will always stand with me. When everybody walks away, the Lord will stand with you. And that's what you got to have, church, a relationship with Jesus. Because people come, people go. But the reason Paul wrote this was to deal with the, some of the, these issues going on in this church because this church was established upon the truth. But see, Satan, over time, it don't matter what church it is, any time somebody starts out doing a work for God, it's true, it's right, trouble is coming. The The, the, the false doctrine is going to slip in through somebody. That's why we've always been careful in this church down through the years, and we learned the hard way. Always been careful about who we have to preach behind the pulpit. I want people that I know I can trust. I want people that I know that believe. They don't have to believe everything exactly like I believe it. That ain't what I'm saying but I want somebody who has a good foundation and an understanding of what the gospel is and what it can do in your life. And we have that in this church right now. But I can remember a time when we had some people that come in that I thought would be a great help who turned out to be a great hurt. That's why the Bible says you've got to know them who labor among you. You don't live with them to know them. You can know them, you can know their spirit, you can know their attitude, and God has had to teach us down through the years that's why I don't, I don't, we don't have somebody coming here to preach every other week. For one, you're not going to find somebody, you're not going to find somebody meaning that that's that doctrinal and that's that right that's going to come every month, come every week, but you can find the ones that want a paycheck. they'll come anytime. Just get messages from people through the church or somebody they call advertising for themselves if you've got to advertise yourself there's something wrong. I just want to let you know we got this ministry and we're, we're going to be coming to your town and you don't you, if we'd like to come and have a concert I click. no you ain't. what they're really saying is we just like to have a paycheck. there's some there's some things in with singing and ministry that I just don't go along with singing ministries i don't know I don't quite know what to think about singing ministries because I ain't never seen any singing ministries really in the Bible where people traveled and just sang. I saw where they traveled and preached a lot. I'm not saying it's all wrong I'm not saying we've seen went we saw the Gators one time in Chattanooga. It was it was all right. I mean, there were some songs they sang. Man, it was really good. You could feel the presence of God in some of them good old songs. The others is like just entertainment. But I don't really want to be entertained. <laughs> I don't want to be entertained when I come to church. I want to be fed. I want to be touched. And most people they they don't they don't have nothing from the Lord. They don't have no substance. And so that's what we got. You got you got to be careful of what well, we have to be careful of. So we're careful about who we bring into have preaching we want to have different people from time to time but everybody is not going to stand right by you in your belief system my wife and i don't have many friends how about you <laughs> i don't but i don't care because i'm not looking for a bunch of friends i'm looking to be a friend of god I want to keep God's favor on my life and this church and this ministry. I want God's presence to stay working in my life. I don't want to become a hireling. I don't want to do it for money. I don't want to do it for a check or for notoriety, for popularity. The church today, people are so messed up. And you and I have to be careful what we listen to. So Paul wrote this to counter this stuff that came into the church, these issues that were going on, this this Gnosticism, which was a false way, uh, people who claimed to have a knowledge of the Lord, but yet their knowledge was greater than the knowledge of that average Christian, you know, sitting on a pew. You know, we got some of them in the church today, some of those Word of Faith preachers. You've heard about some of them, haven't you? They claim that if, if the Apostle Paul, I think it was Kenneth Copeland said one time, if the Apostle Paul had the revelation that he had he would never have gone through what he went through. Gnosticism, modern day gnosticism. If he, had, are you serious? Think about what. Just think about that statement. In other words, I'm greater than those original apostles. If they had what I had, no, you're just stupid as what you are. And then, then it, it, there's so many different ways this stuff comes in and people lift themselves. They won't look, people want to draw you to them. Jesus said the Pharisees, that's what they do. They do things for show. They want to draw you unto themselves. We ain't here to draw you to us. We're here to draw you to Jesus. And this is what Paul was trying to get across to this young church here. When he opened the book of Colossians, he made it plain that in him is everything we need. To, he said he is preeminent in, in all things. He is the head of the church. He is the firstborn from the dead, he is what everything is about. And he said, I thank God that, that you've heard the truth and I'm glad for what's going on. And as he in, introduced himself and, and opened, he began to, he get right, he began to get right down to the point after five or six verses and began to tell them, look, here's what you need to think about. You you need to take a look at what was going on. And again, he wrote this letter because Epaphras came to him and said, Look, Paul, i got problems in my church, and I don't know what to do about it. This stuff is about to drive me crazy. Hello? pastor says, I'm about to pull my hair out. My daddy used to say that when me and my younger brother was this little bitty. When we was running around the house, you know, and he had custody of us, just us and him. And, you know, for a 60-something-year-old man, that's a task. I mean, they got three, and they're just what in your thirties. Got to be nice to them, and that's a task, ain't it? And he had two little wild boys, and we would <laughs> we'd start doing something or getting into trouble. Y'all boys gonna make me put my head out. Yes, they had plenty of it in his sixties, unlike me. But it was still brown, still dark. At least it's still dark. She had yeah, they kidding me on are you losing? I said it's still dark. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so when he wrote it, he wrote it to counter this stuff and to tell them to tell Epaphras, this is uh, well. First off, let me say this: Epaphras told Paul what was going on. Paul, I believe that Paul went and prayed. I don't think he just jumped and said, okay, here's what we need to do. I think he went and prayed. And then I believe as he prayed and he sought the Lord, the Lord spoke to him and said, this is how you handle this. You sit down, and I want you to write a letter. And I want you to listen to me. And I want you to lift up my son, Jesus. And I want you to point the way to him because you know what he's done in your life. And as he began to write, this is what came out of it the book of Colossians and it was for the purpose of taking him taking it back and reading it to his church and explaining to him let let me tell you this is what the Lord gave to Paul to give to us so y'all I don't did everybody accept it I hope they did but I kind of have a feeling if I know how people are probably some did and some didn't because I believe when he started getting into some of these areas that you know we're into and he says hey You don't worship angels, I don't think everybody jumped up and down and started shouting. Some people that were guilty of being led astray and putting their focus on other things, I think conviction had to come. Somebody cringes and says, either you say, okay, I'm wrong and I shouldn't be doing that, or you say, ooh, you don't need to be saying that. That's the two responses in the church. It's either when you hear the truth and God convicts you and he's trying to show you something, show you the way, you say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Now I see that I shouldn't go that direction and, Lord, I shouldn't believe that. Lord, forgive me. God, help me to get this out of my belief system. Or you sit there and you say, well, who do you think you are? That's the two responses in church. I hope that I can say that we all in this church, when we hear the truth, when God speaks to us that, and we see something that's wrong, we say, oh, Lord, help us. I remember the early days, me and her, when the devil was trying to destroy us. I mean literally trying to destroy us within the first year or two. I remember it. It was hard. I can't explain to you how hard it was after I come off of that spiritual high. And after God started pulling the rug out and started doing things, starting trying to change us, starting to try to show us that things we were listening to were wrong, and we'd been praying, Lord, listen. We said, Lord, look, we don't want to believe stuff that is wrong. And this was what we were praying. We were saying, we were we were praying, God, we want you to show us the truth. And we don't care what it costs us, Lord, we just want the truth. Because we understood something as young Christians that if you believe something wrong, it's going to affect you. And even though we didn't understand that, we knew that, we felt that. So we started praying, Lord, show us the truth. We don't want to be deceived. We start, we'd already been watching different preachers on TBN, listening to this ministry and that ministry. And My wife, you know, she'd get checks in her spirit sometimes before I would. And she'd say, that, that, I don't think that's right. And I thought, I'm like, well, who do you think you are? <laughs> See, the women, though, many times are a little more sensitive than the men at times. But you know a little while of, of that stuff going on and then... We started having some serious issues. Then I started getting in the flesh again. Anybody here? Then I started saying things that I told the Lord I'd never say again. And my wife. Anybody here? Then I started doing things. I said, I'll never do it. Then I started finding myself slipping from time to time. I'm not not talking about no everyday sin and occurrence. I've never lived like that. But, But things can get beyond your control. You can make all the promises to God that you ain't going to do this and you're not going to do that and you're going to be a good Christian and everything, but I'm going to tell you something. Somewhere down the road, you will begin to lose control and your flesh will take over and you will start finding yourself failing, doing things that hurt you. They don't feel good. They hurt you. You say something you shouldn't have said, you cringe inside. You don't gloat over it. You say, oh, God, I'm sorry. I, don't, I shouldn't have said, Lord, help me. I don't want to live like this. And that's where we started finding ourselves. Are y'all here tonight? Anybody else in the house tonight? Has anybody else went through this? And then we started crying out, praying, Lord. I mean, it got serious. Devil was working on us. God was letting it all happen, because see, see, our belief system we already start getting tainted. What belief system we had? The only belief systems we had was from the Word of God. What we knew of it, we didn't. We didn't start listening to Jimmy Swaggart Ministries to about nearly a year and a half or two years after we were saved. But see, lead the time leading up to this. Things got out of hand. Things got out of control. And here we are doing things, and we didn't want to do it. And we're right, we're right where Paul was. The thing I hate in Romans 7, he said, I find myself doing it. That which I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. And I don't understand why I'm doing it. But then the Lord showed him why. Law. 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 My law, your law, I won't do this, I won't do that, I'll be good. I'll tithe, I'll pray, I'll read more of the Bible and just, you know, cover myself to make sure I come closer to you, Lord, and, and help me to not to act like that again. And the whole time, all I'm doing is making my own law. And law produces failure over and over and over. And then after about a year and a half or two of, that and crying out, Lord, for help, God introduced us to Jimmy Swaggart Ministries through my mother. Matter of fact, no, the Lord laid it on my heart. He started bringing Brother Swaggart back to me. I didn't watch Jimmy Swaggart. I I just saw him on television when I was a heathen teenager, when Mama was watching it. I heard him sing. sometimes she'd have them camp meeting videos put in on that big old four model television and she'd be shouting around the house. She'd be singing the praise of God and I'd be wanting to get out of the house. Sunday morning getting ready for church. Mama's in the bathroom getting ready for church and she's just a singing boy, you see, letting the hallelujahs roll through the bathroom all the way through the house. She'd have Jimmy Swaggart blasting on the television there in the living room. And I mean she's ready up, boy, she's ready to go. But I didn't want to go in there and join Mama. But I knew of Jimmy Swaggart because of her. But the Lord started bringing him back to my mind when this stuff was going on. And I said, I, I remember I asked my mom one time, I said, Mama, you still listening to Jimmy Swaggart? She said, Yes. She said, I get I get his evangelist, the magazine The Evangelist. She said, Do you want me to get, get you put on his mail list where you can get The Evangelist magazine? I said, Yes. And that, that's how it all began, and that evangelist magazine started coming to our house, and I remember I, was start, I started reading that evangelist, those articles he would write. And I'm telling you, boy, when I started reading that, my spirit was open. I was tired of all the other stuff, and I would read that, and I mean the Spirit of God would begin to touch me, and the Lord's like the Lord said, here it is. Here's what you need. And then, I, then after that, I was going through that thing, and we'd get the little catalog, and and I'd see those VHS videotapes. Remember those, the VHS v- VCR tapes? And I saw some of them on there with you know with the the titles on them, and I thought I felt led to order one or two. So I started with ordering a videotape. I never forget the first one I ordered. I still remember the name of it. It was called Strange Fire. And Brother Swaggart was preaching on false doctrine. And he was preaching, and I know today, I know now who he was even talking about back then. And he didn't even call the names of a Christian network. And he was talking about some things they were promoting and doing, and it was strange fire. And the Lord, and I started watching that. We started watching that, and I'm going to tell you, the lights started getting turned on. Then we started realizing that some of the stuff we've been listening to is not right. Never forget it. So, we're we're searching for truth, and and God starts bringing it. And then it was what uh, July the fourth, two thousand one. Months before that, some of you have heard me tell this, but I'm going to tell you how God works, because we were searching and crying out for the truth. My mother called me, and one day she said, "Look," she said, "Would you like to go to July fourth camp meeting? You and Melissa and Michaela was a baby." Eight or nine months old, whatever it was she was, and she said, you all want to go to a camp meeting? Would you like to go to a camp meeting at Jimmy's? I said, I'd love to go, but I ain't got the money. How much will it cost? I don't know. It was six or seven hundred dollars it would have cost us to go back then or something like that. I said, I don't have the money, mama. So I'd love to go. She said, I'll, I'll take us and we'll go. I said, let me pray about it. I gotta have some money though. We hung the phone up, and God is my witness. It was a day or two later. I was in the air conditioning business getting started. This man called me, and he said, "Uh, Would you come out to my house? He said, I I need some air conditioning work done. And come to find out, as we were talking, he asked me about my last name. He said, You got a... You you can't do a James Climber in Murfreesboro. I said, yes, my brother. He said, we know him. They were roofers. They did roofing work. My brother did roofing for years. He said, we know. I said, really? And anyway, so he said, would you come out to our house, come over here and take a look at all this and uh, tell me if you can do this. I went over there as soon as I could, looked the whole job over. I mean, I think he needed a whole duck job, needed a whole brand new unit and everything. And I looked at it. Gave him an estimate on everything, wrote it down and everything. He said, so when you think you can do it? I said, whenever you need me to do it. He said, can you do it now? I said, I can do it now. That's how quick God brought me. Listen, God brought me a job. I signed, We wrote out the contract or whatever and everything. I called my mother, and I, not before, because I always will, after I get paid. And the Lord blessed me and gave me enough, more than enough money to go to camp meeting. Pay the bills, go to a camp meeting. And I'll never forget, we were, go, we were heading to Baton Rouge. Michaela was about eight or nine months old. She was a baby. And we got halfway there and she got sick bad. She was sick. She was a baby. She was sick. We had to stop at a hospital, take her to an emergency room. I said, you devil, you. This is the devil. He's fighting. He wants us to turn around and go, there's something going on. I can sense it. She went to the emergency room. What was it she had? I can't, I don't even remember. She can't talk anyway. It don't matter. <clears throat> but she, she, she was all right. She got out, get, you know, left hospital and I thought anybody gave her some medicine or whatever, went to the pharmacy, went on down to camp meeting, and went to Baton Rouge. It was the 4th of July. You talk about hot in Louisiana in July when they had 4th of July camp meetings they don't do those anymore I <laughs> see why not and we went to the first camp meeting before we left I don't know how I got on all this but I'm here some of you have met our dear friend of ours brother Wacker John Wacker he's an elderly man who God put into our life in the early days of our salvation if God had not put that man there I don't know where we'd be because God used that man to help us in a great way. Humble man, teachable man. And he came over to our house just a couple of days before we were leaving. We lived in that little trailer out there in Loudoun. And we were getting ready to leave And he or he was leaving the house. Where we'd have fellowship. We'd have a Bible study, you know, from time to time. And they were getting ready to leave. We walked outside. I was walking them out to leave. And he was walking down the, the sidewalk to go to the car and he stopped and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, Brother Thomas, he said, The Lord said to tell you, your life is never going to be the same when you come back from this meeting. <laughs> and boy, I tell you, I felt the spirit of God carrying. I felt the Holy Ghost run all over me, Adam. And I tell you, I started crying. I said, Oh, Lord. I felt something inside of me. stirring." I, th- I thought, God's about to do something. There's something coming there's a breakthrough there's the devil is trying to fight this and she got sick we got to camp meeting we went to church the very first night we, it, was, uh, it was the second night Thursday night Donnie Swaggart preached a message he got it still on VHS tape VCR never forget it the message was entitled enemies of the cross you know what he did He preached that message, and he called the names of some of those preachers that we'd been watching on TV. He explained some of the doctrines that they preach and showed where it was wrong. My wife and I looked at one another, and our eyes got as big as half dollars. And I'm going to tell you, it's like the Lord said, you wanted the truth. Here it is. here's your problem. you're listening to stuff that's wrong, and we li- and I'm gonna tell you we left that service that night, and I'm going to tell you the lights started turning on that we we met a couple there o j Simpson's cousin. remember him, Melissa big tall guy yeah, big tall guy I can't remember his name. He was there with another guy, a white guy, and the, I guess they'd been going to camp meet for some time. They approached me after service. We're getting ready to go back to the hotel, and they said, are you coming to the 8 o'clock service in the morning? I said, what 8 o'clock service? Are you coming here Lauren Larson? I said, who's Lauren Larson? They said, and this is what they said. They said, where are you staying? I told them where we were staying at the hotel. He said, well, we're staying there too. He said, you be ready at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're going to come get you, and you can come with us. I said, okay, I'll be ready. Listen to how God works. We went to the 8 o'clock service. Lauren Larson is teaching. 8 o'clock in the morning preaching. He's exposing false doctrine. He's, he's exposing some of these very things Brother Donnie was dealing with. And I, I remember hearing them say this. Donnie and Lauren talking about this later on that they never talked about what they were going to preach. That's why I don't do that here. They never talked with one another about what, who, and the Lord had laid it on their hearts to begin to expose false doctrine. And that three days of teaching, sitting there listening to him, opened my eyes. And boy, you talk about the lights turning on and things that were preached in that camp meeting. And sure enough, we came back. And we were not the same. I'll never forget it. We were, we were, our world had been changed because we knew we had something. We knew that we had grabbed a hold of something now. This is the truth. And from then on, that's why we would go to camp meeting every year. Sometimes we'd go two times a year. Sometimes we'd, you know, go, I don't know if we went three times, we went two times a year, at least most of the time for years, and then dwindled down to one over the last eight or ten years as we got, you know, going into church more, going to Africa, things like that. But the Lord used them to teach us the truth. Listen, Paul was used by God to give these people the truth. You know, there were times when he would even call names of people that were preaching things that were wrong. You remember he made mention, I think it was in first or second Timothy, he said, Alexander the coppersmith has did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, called his name. Hymenius and I think it was Philetus or Hymenius and Alexander, whichever ones it was, he said they were preaching false doctrine. There was things they were preaching. He said, You need to be warned of these men. He called their names. In Romans 16 and 17, he said said that you need to mark them. I think it was you need to mark them that preach doctrines contrary to that which you have learned. In other words, you need to identify and you need to turn away from them. And sometimes you need to tell other people that what they're preaching is not right. That ain't popular today to call the name of another preacher well who do you think you are it's not that's not what it's about it's about the doctrine and in order to expose false doctrine sometimes you got to call the names of people and this is exactly what Paul had to do at times so when he wrote this letter he was writing these things listen not to chastise people he was warning this church listen there's things you listen to and there's things you can't listen to because it will affect how you live So you see my testimony our testimony is this here it is I we never we never heard the message of the cross preached to us within the first year and a half that from anybody that I know of in regards to sanctification, very few even on salvation, but for sure, nothing about sanctification, but you would hear things about you would hear about all kind of other things there were church, the, the from the first churches we were in in Loudon, Tennessee is where Roger was for a little while. It was a word of faith church, and we didn't even know it preaching word of faith doctrine, and we didn't even know we didn't even know what we were in. And that's the church we were in when God turned the lights on. That's the church we were in when God showed us that this doctrine was wrong. matter of fact, I was scheduled to preach in that church when we got back not long after how you think that went Got the left foot of fellowship because the lights were turned on the truth got preached, and it was contrary to what They were hearing. But yet, I preach what God gave me to preach. You see, if you're going to preach what God gives you to preach, a lot of people ain't going to be happy. But some people will be blessed. Some people will get saved. Some people will get delivered. So, for Paul to have to write the things he wrote, not just in Colossians, but the other books, Could you imagine what kind of attacks he faced? What kind of pressure was put on him? Could you imagine the accusations hurled at him by people? Well, who do you think you are? Why are you judging everybody? Why are you talking about... You shouldn't be calling people's names. The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. And see, they take stuff and it's taken all out of context. Every one of us are called to judge doctrine. You're called to judge the things you hear from everybody, even me. And I don't care that you judge it, because I don't have anything to hide. The ones that don't, the ones that say, "Don't you question me?" There's your red flag. Get out. Get gone. So I want to tell you some of the things he said. I'm gonna get done here pretty soon. I think. Three things that he said from verse 13 to 15, three things I want to deal with real quick. He said, you, speaking to the church, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. So the first thing he tells them is, you need to remember where you came from. You need to remember how dead you were. Remember, when you were lost without God, you were dead in sin. You were a dead man walking. You were on your way to hell. You were living life without God. And you need to remember what condition you were in before you came to Jesus. It's not a bad thing to remember where you come from. It's a good thing. (laughs) I just told you a little bit about where we come from. That ain't a bad thing, church. It's a good thing. So he said you need to remember you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but he has now quickened together. He's made you alive. With Him. With who? With Jesus. With Jesus Christ and what He did at the cross. You were dead in sin, but praise God. When you open your heart to let Him come in, He raised you up from the dead. And now tonight you're sitting here in your right mind at Family Worship Center and your sins are all forgiven. And you ain't just sitting here. You're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because of what He did. Oh my God. Help me, Lord. Having forgiven you all trespasses, everything I ever did, thank God it's gone. Thank God all that nasty garbage is gone. Thank God the hatred, the bitterness, the fighting, the anger, the oh, everything, thank God it's gone. The jealousy, thank God it's gone. having forgiven you all trespasses. That's the first thing, number two. Blotting out the handwritings in verse 14, handwritings of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And what did he do? Took it out of the way. That's the law. Nailing it to his cross. The law. You are not bound by law you are not obligated by God, listen, to live by commandments, you don't that's not how you live, you live by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross and as you surrender to him on a daily basis, his spirit works in you he starts fulfilling his word in you and there's things you just going to stop doing, not because somebody said don't do that, because the Holy Ghost is going to say that ain't you anymore you don't live like that, you don't talk like that you don't go there you don't run with those people come on somebody you don't fellowship with the devil there's things you can't do anymore not because somebody told you the spirit of God is working in you Amen. he took the law the law were having this discussion over the program what a year or so ago about the law brother Swagger, brother Lawson about the law do we keep the law today brother, brother Lawson says no And when you first hear that, you're like, what? What do you mean? You better explain that. And they go back and forth and they did. But what he's saying is we don't live by the Old Testament law. We don't live by commandments. We live by faith. We're not under law. We're under grace. We got a new covenant. Your faith can't be in law. Your faith can't be in your church. Your faith can't be in yourself. Your faith can't be in your works. It's got to be in what Jesus did at the cross. And when it is, the Spirit of God works in you. He changes us. He's not going to leave you the same. Don't worry about all that. Well, I I, I don't want to stay like I am. Don't worry. God ain't going to leave you like you are. <laughs> I want to be changed. I do too. I remember in the early days, that's, I was praying out a lot. Lord, please change me. Please change me. And I just learned to shut up and quit saying that. He knows what I want. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. But he's got you. He wants you in the process. The law has got to be moved out of the way. You don't live by law. Well, do you believe in keeping commandments? I do. I don't believe you should steal. I don't believe you should kill. I don't believe you should covet your neighbor's goods. I don't. I believe in all that. But I don't live by all that. I live by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross and he enables me to live by more than 10. Hmm. The third thing he did Here's what I want to bring out. Verse 15 says, Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made Jesus, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, defeated the powers of hell, defeated the powers of darkness, defeated the power of sin, He spoiled every principality and power. The word spoiled means to deprive of power or to strip off. You know what Jesus did to the devil? He stripped him. He stripped him of his power in my life and in yours. Come on. He stripped him of his power. Now, are you in line with God's way? Are you living by God's power Is Jesus ruling your heart and ruling your life or is Satan giving leeway to get control of you to cause you to struggle? God don't want us living like that. He spoiled principalities and powers. Listen, he made a show of them openly. Here's an example of making a show of them openly. It means to make a public show or a spectacle as the Romans did when they exposed their captives and the spoils of the conquered enemies to public view in their triumphant, triumphal processions. When they defeated, when the armies would defeat their enemies, I believe it is, they said that they would have a procession through the streets, and they would chain them all up together, And the general would ride, I I believe it was in the front or the rear of the procession, whichever it was. And the captives would be spoiled, heads down, chained up, prisoners, defeated. Do you know that Jesus Christ defeated your enemy, Satan? He didn't have to have a weapon he defeated your enemies, listen, by sacrificing himself on the cross. That's why we talk about it. That's why we preach about it because, see, your problem ain't money. Your problem is flesh. Huh. My problem ain't her. My problem is me. My problem ain't you. My problem is me. And when we can get all of us to look in this mirror together and say, Lord, I need you to change me. Now we're getting somewhere. That's the purpose of the cross, to defeat these powers of darkness that ruled us, the hatred, the anger, the bitterness, the jealousy, the alcohol, the drugs, the lustful spirit, look, Whatever. There's so many there's so many sins you can't even name them all. Don't get hung up on the ones you can see outward. Think about some of the spiritual ones that dwell in the heart, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, hatred, anger that dwell in here. And look, they eventually will manifest outwardly. I found myself As a young Christian, I already told you, love the Lord. No doubt saved, no doubt on fire for God. And my whole world had been so changed, set free from alcohol, set free from cigarettes, set free from a lot of other stuff. But you know, there was some stuff still plaguing me that I didn't get over until I learned the truth. And one of those was anger. I ain't afraid to tell you. Anger, losing my temper. But nobody else was around. Thank God it didn't happen in front of everybody at church, because they'd walk away. And, you can you believe he he acted like that? How about you? We don't all need to see how we've all acted because we've all done it. But boy, you let a preacher do it. And oh, I ain't never going back to church there. Well, who are you? What about your sins? What about your flesh? You mean tell me you have none? Are you on that level with that other brain-dead preacher that said if you had what he had, if the other preacher had what he had, he wouldn't be having no problems? Flesh is the problem. Sin is the problem. And you got to admit that you got it in order to let God deal with it. We always want to point the finger. It's your fault. it's your faulty. I wouldn't have cussed if you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> mm. What's your reaction when you slam your hand, when you smack your hand with a hammer, man? What's your reaction when your hand gets jammed up or caught up in something when you're working on a car? <laughs> when the guy in front of you is running 20 in a 50. Yeah. The people at the, at the fast food restaurant ain't going fast enough. They gave me the wrong order. I'm going to go back and I'm going to let them have it. Hmm. And you drive through the drive through, you just let them have it, and they see your family worship center sticker on your car. that <laughs> where you go to church look I don't preach that stuff. <laughs> I tell them to take the stickers off i I was a big fan of them bumper stickers when I first got saved. I, I'm just taking stickers off. I don't need to advertise anything. I need to keep myself in line. I need to let the Holy Ghost have what have my heart, and then I'll do right. I need help. And so, you don't have to advertise. (laughs) You'll get tested either way. But I'm about done. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He defeated the powers of darkness. In Colossians 2 and 15, it speaks of putting them into an open and a painful shame, the principalities and powers which previously held Christians captive. Jesus broke Satan's power. And listen, Paul says, that's what this is about. It's about Jesus Christ. Don't listen to people take you into worshiping angels. Don't listen to people take you into listening to stuff that's not right. Get away from that. Get back to what this is all about. Don't you remember what Jesus did in your heart when he saved you? Keep letting him work in you. Don't listen to false doctrine because you'll jeopardize your walk with God. Stand to your feet if you would. We're gonna pray and close it tonight. I hope you've been blessed. Sunday morning, don't forget we're having one service, so it'll be a really good when I got a feeling. But we're having service Sunday morning, Sunday night we're going everybody's gonna be off for Christmas and all. Pray that everybody has a blessed Christmas. Some of you that have given us some gifts or whatever, a few cards or whatever, thank you for the cards that you've given us and everything. And I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have to hide mine. Somebody gave me the other night. No, I'll take her with me to eat. Got a Cracker Barrel card. Praise the Lord. Good meal at Cracker Barrel. Amen. God bless you. Tell somebody about Jesus this Christmas if you're able to. you watching through the camera. I hope you've been blessed tonight. I hope you've learned something. And remember, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Pay attention to what you listen to because it'll affect how you live. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We ask you to take the word tonight, Lord, and that you would grow it in our heart, Lord, that you would cause the seed to grow that you would water it, Lord, that you would make it alive to us, Lord, that you would teach us things, that you would help us to understand in a greater way what you have laid out in your word. Lord, help us to study your word to understand the things that we need. Help us to pray for your will to be done. Lord, we pray tonight for all tonight that are watching, those that will watch, that you bless people, that you speak to them, that you open their understanding, that you save people. Lord, deal with those that are lost, Lord, Lord, those that are oppressed tonight, those that are depressed this Christmas season. We know Satan uses this time to try to destroy people, but, Lord, you can use it to save people and to change them. So we pray that you touch people tonight and that you bless, that you move in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless.
1: We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee, Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.